my name is uh, Yared Halchi. I um, I'm originally from Ethiopia, uh, where Johannes Mengistab is partly from. <laughs> Will kill me if I, I claim him to be an Ethiopian because he Eritrean now. They 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 have a different nation now. <laughs> so, um, but a good brother Johannes and uh, he actually brought uh, many of us uh, to the LCMS tribe. Uh, so we are part of the tribe. We are one in Christ, and I really appreciate. Um, for this invitation. And now I work with uh, Southeastern District um, as um, a mission exec for our inter-ethnic um, mission uh, for our district. And we have uh, many of, uh, especially our uh, ethnic immigrant population uh, in the place where I live, not too far from Washington DC, where we have even just one, one uh, people group, Ethiopians, more than 300,000, you know, in the greater DC area. So lots of lots of uh, opportunities for mission. And I'm very excited about that. And uh, especially with the pandemic, um, <clears throat> it um, became like one of those prime movers of mission. It didn't uh, slow the people down. You know, it's really moved the ministry in a, in a different scale for our, especially for our immigrant population. They are now worshiping with their uncles and aunts from Liberia or Ethiopia or Ghana or Russia, you know, using uh, whatever the pandemic uh, gave us unex unexpectedly, you know, that the Zoom was there, but the, we haven't used the Zoom effectively, but the pandemic uh, kind of pushed us to use some of these things we planned maybe for the next 10 years or after 10 years. So it brought uh, everything to, uh, uh, closer to us and uh, churches are really growing and um, excited about that opportunity, even though the pain is there, um, the loss is there, but uh, we see uh, what the Lord is doing. And you know, um, for Africans in many ways uh, here or uh, different places where I came from, uh, persecution, poverty, you know, life challenges are, you know, things that uh, would, uh, you know, help us fuel actually our passion for the gospel. Um, and sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, of course, uh, pray that I will, I will suffer and I am not starving for those things. But um, I think those are the necessary evil for us to grow up. And uh, I think one of the things the pandemic can do uh, for us and what the Lord can teach us would be to draw us uh, closer to him. And um, I have seen that uh, in my life. Um, so I will share some things uh, along uh, that line, but uh, thank you, Jim. Um, your perspective uh, from, uh, you know, the post-traumatic uh, experience, um, uh, whatever uh, expertise you have uh, was very helpful. And I hope uh, we'll get uh, We'll get your script as well. So <laughs> I can count as five, uh, four, four C's or five C's. Um, uh, and I, I, I confess, you know, consider, uh, consecrate, and I think I might have missed a couple of them. So I um, will get uh, some of that. So friends, um, you know, myself, this is Easter season still, and my Easter story would be uh, when I was an infant, uh, in South Ethiopia, where I lived, I was seriously ill. And um, the doctors, you know, said um, the Norwegian missionary doctors um, who came from Norway uh, as uh, medical missionaries, uh, they said I was lifeless. There was no nothing to keep me alive. Um, so 
they pronounced me dead. Um, they put me uh, in a morgue. Um, and um, I, you know, um, my mom did not give up. She came to that place where, you know, all these people who are dead um, are laying down. And um, she was breastfeeding me. I just came from the hospital with my mom. You know, she got her COVID uh, vaccination now and she's alive and I am alive. Um, so that day, um, she, she was kind of, you know, uh, convinced that maybe she's not ready to give up. So she was breastfeeding me, you know, like dead body, little, little body. Um, but um, the nurse and her uh, observed some kind of body movement. And um, so they, they readmitted me to the hospital. Um, so, and the Norwegian doctor was so, um, surprised and shocked actually. And uh, he said, uh, you know, they experienced for the first time uh, the resurrection of the body, you know? <laughs> uh, so so uh, they left um, soon after these missionaries. I heard this story for the coming like 25 years and I did not believe what my, my mom was saying until I went to Norway to pursue my education uh, on, you know, um, theology. And I was invited to this uh, event uh, in Norway uh, to share some stories from Ethiopia for these um, missionaries, old time missionaries. Um, uh, and most of them were in Ethiopia. So I was telling them, you know, you guys did a great job and I'm one of the fruits of the gospel. Uh, actually, you know, bringing back the harvest to Norway to tell you that the gospel works. And you guys have done, you know, by the grace of God, a good job. So we are now evangelists preaching the gospel, not only in Ethiopia, in, a, in, in Norway as well. And um, so they were very happy. Uh, one of uh, these, you know, elderly people, uh, the lady came to me and uh, she asked me a name. And I said, that's my mom's name. And she asked me, oh, my goodness. She said, when she was on duty as a nurse that day, she said, my mom had a baby who died and uh, she was asking me, how is your brother doing? <laughs> and I told her, you know, I was shocked uh, myself. And I said, that boy was me. And, um, you know, we both were heavily, heavily impacted by the feeling because now, you know, I came to know why the Lord saved my life that day. Um, not only to share his goodness in Ethiopia, but also to Norwegians. And after that, I came to the US to pursue, you know, graduate level study, right? After I finished my Norway study, I came here without going back to Ethiopia. Well, now the Lord is telling me not only Norway, not only Ethiopia, Americans need to also see what my hands can do. And um, I, I involved in uh, planting two churches in Las Vegas and uh, telling the people, Las Vegas needs Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, so I am, I'm blessed, you know, to be part of the mission field here. And uh, I served in Indiana, not too far from Gary, Indiana. I was in Warsaw, Indiana. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, pursuing my PhD in missiology. At the same time, I was pastoring a congregation there. So, uh, and later we came to the DC area. My wife got a job here, and it was a large mission field here for our immigrant population. 
So I'm serving uh, in the Southeastern District and my wife works in the hospital. She's, she's a physician by profession. She's Ethiopian as well. And we have two little boys, uh, 11 and nine. So we have a lot, a lot to, to do in, in, in the house. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the Easter story of mine um, is the story of many of our immigrant population and the burden they feel about sharing that Easter story uh, with the global people is the responsibility they take seriously, number of them. And I remember one of my friends, an ethnic pastor uh, here was telling me the other day when he came to the States, he saw a vision or a dream. In his dream, he saw an elderly Anglo, English speaking mother, you know, asking for some kind of, you know, companionship, some kind of, you know, friendship as if, you know, an, a grandparent asked for, you know, their children to support them in, in, in one way. Uh, and he said, I think the church here is aging and maybe ailing in some ways. Uh, we are here to strengthen that connection, you know, because the passion of the gospel is there. And Africa has uh, more than half a billion Christians, as you know, and one of the fastest, um, uh, you know, Christian uh, growing uh, Christian continent in the world. And uh, maybe 90% of the growth happened in the last uh, 40, 50 years. Like 10, uh, 10 million Christians uh, are added every year on average in Africa. You know, new Christians are being added uh, in Africa. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, and the Lutheran church in Ethiopia, which has about 10.5 million Lutherans, the church where I came from is, a, is the largest Lutheran church body in Africa, if not in the world now. Uh, so who, sh who, should send, who should send missionaries to whom? <laughs> I challenge you now. <laughs> we do it together. This is the Lord's work and it is not about, you know, somebody starts, but we are very grateful to what the Lord has done through his people. Some of your missionaries from America, you know, right after that first pandemic in 1918, I think, uh, they went to places in Australia or those islands uh, or Africa with one-way ticket, some of them, putting their stuff, you know, their belonging in a casket, knowing that they may not come back alive. So that's a sacrifice Europeans, Americans uh, paid uh, to promote the cause of the gospel. Everything is not dark. We have people who give their life for the cause of the gospel. So I really appreciate and I, I, I would like to lift up that because that's, that's a model I have. When I do some missionary work here, of course, it requires some kind of sacrifice and I would love to do it even though sometimes it is difficult because I would like to honor of course, the precious blood of Jesus shed for us as the ultimate sacrifice. But after Jesus, his people also paid the price so that we can be alive in the gospel. And I am very grateful for each one of you here and for the partnership spirit we are trying to develop and also share the pain we have. We are not minimizing the pain we experience as God's people, as uh, Brother Steve was uh, telling um, uh, in a you know moment ago, moment ago. So um, 
you know, with the pandemic and some of the things we are experiencing, um, how are, you know, this ethnic, uh, especially the immigrant population, which I have more information on, um, endure and how are they, um, you know, dealing with it? Um, maybe a few things, you know, the spiritual formation, most of uh, the African Christians, especially the immigrant population, uh, which I have more information on, have, uh, I think, helped uh, the way, you know, spiritually uh, they are formed uh, because for Africans, like, you know, Martin Luther would say, also, uh, all Christians are in the spiritual world. And um, so all those Christians have spiritual responsibilities, you know? So we, it's not only just a physical world, we also engage in the spiritual world. And it's, 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 it's also a power encounter culture that uh, many of these African immigrants have. So they see the devil working actively through the pandemic to discourage uh, the society or the church. So they are, they are serious against that battle. So we take it very seriously and make sure that, you know, it is an uh, the enemy working around it or through it. It's not only just the biological virus, there has to be some spiritual element to it. So we need to fight it in a holistic way. So that's a perspective uh, many of these people come, you know, with uh, that holistic mindset, uh, you know, to, to look at Satan as a whole person, <laughs> not, not just, you know, in some pockets here and there. Uh, and also to see the disease and people in a larger, you know, um, picture. So that, that, that helps, of course, sometimes it may not help, but in most cases help um, uh, to really take these things um, uh, seriously, uh, pray about it and rely on the scripture uh, to get hope and I have my 30 plus years, you know, nomadic Bible with me. You know, every, every problem or every country, I lived about nine different places. That Bible stayed with me, all those places. And I call myself a mobile person with a mobile Bible, you know? Um, so that really is uh, the help. Many of these people get, uh, you know, their encouragement, hope from, um, and uh, as I mentioned, the persecution, the poverty, and uh, the inconvenience uh, we lived, you know, in our life, um, uh, also help us to fuel our passion uh, for Jesus, not to really run away or uh, you know lose hope. And there is some something that also um, teaches us, you know, whenever these things happen, God will reveal Himself in a new way, you know. So. Like the disciples in Matthew chapter 14, it took like 14 chapters for them to confess for the first time that Jesus is the son of God. And that confession came in the middle of the storm when they were hit by this, you know, um, raging storm and Jesus walked on the water. You know, some of those beautiful worship confession arise when we are in the midst of the storm, difficulties. And God reveals himself in a new way in that new place, you know? So, and they went after the storm was, you know, calmed down and uh, continued to serve God. 
you know, Jesus uh, was healing people and uh, spreading the gospel, and they were there with him after all these things happened. There is always a new sense of um, connection with, with, with God through, you know, pains or storm. And there is also a new way of serving him. So that flexibility, that adaptability kind of uh, mindset is there in uh, many of uh, the folks I'm, um, you know, serving with. The Africans um, are flexible. Um, I don't know uh, much about the African-American brothers and sisters, but uh, because of life's experience back in Africa recently, many of our Christians, uh, even in a church context, are ready to make adjustment because life will have surprises any moment. So you can't be, you know, like my dear German LCMS folks, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last, you know, I mean, we can't survive by staying, you know, very rigid to, for example, worship styles, you know, the only person who stays, remains, you know, constant is Jesus and his gospel. Other things, you know, styles, ways of doing things will really change even by day. And that flexibility also helps. And that comes with some of the spiritual formation and the struggles I think we all uh, endure. So um, when it comes to challenge, of course, um, the challenge we face now uh, with um, the pandemic or even prior to the pandemic, that the pandemic tends to fuel it would be, you know, some false teachings um, in Africa because, you know, Satan is active to sow his seed when Christians are, you know, wide open for Jesus because Satan looks for, you know, space in that big heart. And then um, in the name of some charismatic movement or, you know, health and wealth kind of movement, uh, we have uh, some distraction from the true gospel. That's, uh, that's a pain. Uh, and... Um, Many of our immigrant churches um, are struggling with some of those things. Um, and that material, materialistic culture uh, sneaks in, you know, and uh, the exclusion, isolation, uh, we feel, as some of you guys already mentioned, it's not only just the biological virus, the racial, you know, racial uh, conflict virus. So we kind of, uh, we're just, juggling between the racial virus and uh, the COVID-19 virus uh, in the last one plus year. Of course, some of these things uh, existed for a long time, but um, uh, we have our own uh, struggles there. And tribal conflicts back uh, in Africa, that will be transported or transferred here for people even not to sit together in a church context because they are from different tribes in, in, in Ethiopia or in Liberia or in Sudan. So we, we struggle with some of those things. But let me tell you and finalize with this remark. Um, we want to glorify God, you know. Of course, we don't want to glorify the pandemic. We don't want to glorify our dear brothers, the blessed LCMS, you know, uh, structure or people as much as we love them and we don't we don't glorify Africa we don't glorify 
politics. We don't glorify even our pain. We want to glorify God, the crucified Christ, to be honored in us and through us. And we want to see where our challenge is and where uh, uh, the scripture says, um, you know, the log in, in, in our own eyes. I think it is good to take responsibility for existing issues and problems rather than, you know, always digging into the past. That is not going to help. So we try to take responsibility for current situation where I currently, you know, contribute. And of course, address some of the larger things, but we, we want to do that. Um, and also gently restore, you know, the gospel, of course, is a risk. And when we want to reconcile with people or with our situations, we know that we need to do it in a spirit of gentleness. And as Christ did, you know, he was innocent, but took it to model reconciliation and peace among his people. So um, in addition to some of the things I mentioned, uh, my last remark would be, uh, you know, that co collaborative uh, mission or partnership moving forward, uh, as uh, Jim was uh, speaking, that intentional partnership and um, Tom was mentioning as well, is very essential. It is not really, you know, Africa is not the head of the church, nor Germans. Jesus is the head of the church. We can be his hands, you know, his arms. And um, so as one body, let's lift up the head and let's, you know, come together and form intentional partnership, friendship, and shared values, common vision, and some adaptive ways of, uh, you know, leadership style and to be other oriented in our communication rather than always, you know, me as an Ethiopian talking about Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Ethiopia. So what? I'm not here, you know, to, to defend or, you know, for a cause that would uh, protect my interest. It's, Christianity is not about that as, as we all know. So we need to live for a cause that is higher than all of us and also be other-oriented rather than self-oriented. That's what I think the gospel teaches us. And um, if there are some issues, and there will be inevitable problems, like you know, conflict, there should be a way to have a conflict management um, you know, perspectives or tools. Uh, ethnic churches have uh, conflict within themselves and with the way they relate with um, existing you know, host churches. Um, we have seen some of those conflicts in our experiences. Uh, so there has to be a plan uh, to manage some of the conflicts we have when they are right. They will arise, it's a matter of time, but we have also the tools to bring God's people together and continue his mission. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your time. And if you guys have any question or anything, um, I would be happy to listen to you.